Before I kick off episode 53, I wanted to share some exciting news about my new website at joshtamper.com, which is being constructed and will be launched soon. The site will have the Aspire podcast, blog posts, and a whole host of resources for educational leaders. I'll be kicking off the website with some giveaways, so make sure you are following me at Joshua Double Underscore Stamper on Twitter and Instagram for updates. I hope you enjoyed this week's interview with a fantastic educational leader. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. I'm so excited to have Hans Apple on the show. Hans is a middle school counselor in Washington, blogger, and creator of the award-winning Culture Podcast. Hans, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Josh. This is pretty fun. <laughs> and as you know, the show is centered on leadership development, and I would love to hear your personal leadership journey and how you went from the classroom to a middle school counselor. Thanks for having me on. Love listening to other people's journey. I think this is one of the, the most fun questions to listen to um, when I hear other people speaking. And I think kind of what's most interesting about it for me is I do see it as a journey. I don't see it as you know just a moment in time where I suddenly discovered I was a leader. I really uh, believe that all educators are leaders, uh, just like all parents are leaders. I think anytime you have two or more people come together, uh, there's the opportunity for leadership. You know, I look back over my 19 years in education and I've kind of shifted my thinking from originally believing that I was a counselor that worked in education. And now I really feel like I'm an educator that works as a counselor. And that mind shift, you know, happened over time. You know, I know that, you know, leadership to me is kind of character in action. And so there's been a a bunch of little moments over time that have led uh, me to becoming what I believe is on a journey of leadership. I don't feel like we ever fully arrive. It's something we have to work at every single day. You know, when I think back about a couple moments, one moment in the last few years kind of stands out. I had the opportunity to have an intern. And I think anytime we take on a mentorship type role, that really is... Um, and an incredible chance for, for leadership development. And one of the cool things that happened when I had that intern is that he really pushed me to do a survey of our staff and of our students and parents and just kind of take the pulse of where we were at. And I was all in. I was like, let's do this. And overall, the feedback was amazing. It was you know what you hope to hear, positive stuff. But in one area, we just totally got slammed. And that was in communication. You know, that's kind of a big one. You think about leadership, communication really matters, right? Yes. So that that kind of stung a little bit. And so doing some reflecting with him, we realized that we really needed to intentionally be more visible, reach out to our community, both school community and outside of our school. And so that began to be a shift for me as I kind of, you know, got into more of the social media side of things. I became more visible in classrooms and um, you know, hallways and just kind of being more of a, a present figure. Rather than thinking about leadership as specific titles, I think a lot of times, you know, folks in leadership think, well, this is when I became a leader. It's when I became a captain or, you know, a department chair or a principal or, you know, a coach or whatever the, the title is. But I really think it's these little moments every single day that kind of add up. And that that's one moment that just happened in the last few years that that really created a pivot in my career. 
So Hans, I'm excited to have you because you are my first official counselor. And I don't know how it is on your campus, but for me, every campus I've been on, it's two different conversations. Either a teacher comes up and says, I want to be an administrator or I want to be a counselor. And so I know a lot of folks think that a counselor is someone who does schedule changes and talks with kids. So what is the true role and responsibility of a middle school counselor? Yeah, so there's kind of three domains counselors are involved with. There's the college and career aspect of preparing students for life and kind of the next uh, steps, the next journey. Uh, there's the social emotional piece, which you know has become a huge part today as, as I think a lot of counselors have taken on more leadership role in that aspect. And then there's the academic side. And really, you know, making sure that students are, you know, prepared to be successful in the classroom. And so all of the things that, that come with that, you know, being, you know, able to complete their homework and be organized and, and have great study habits and everything that, that, you know, is essential to being successful. So when we think about the old term of guidance counselor, that term is kind of gone. You know, now people really think of it in terms of school counselor. And I would even argue, uh, you know, over my period of time working as a counselor that I've seen that shift to I'm not even just a student counselor. I, I really see my role at, you know, when I think of the, the, the words school counselor, you know, I'm there for the parents. I'm there for the staff. I'm there for the administration because uh, they all have hard days. They all need a chance to unload. They all need somebody to talk ideas through and they all need uh, support. And so I really see myself as somebody there to serve. And again, you know, talking a little bit about the journey part from before, that's been kind of a mind shift for me because I think counselors a lot of times train in terms of, you know, how do we support students? And then when you really get in, into the work and you understand you're really supporting the adults just absolutely as much. So early in your educational career, what was one of the most challenging or impactful experiences that you had that enhanced your skills as a leader? Well, I think everything uh, <laughs> that you deal with and that you struggle through enhances those things. I, I think when I think of leadership, I really think about character. And so I look at, you know, some of the moments early in my career as kind of character building moments. One of the first experiences I had was a parent walking in. Gosh, I, I, it was probably like first couple weeks uh, on the job and they walked in and wanted to talk to a teacher. I had no idea at the time I was kind of doing something else and I, I wasn't picking up on all the signals that they were mad and that they, they wanted to go off on this teacher. So I took them down to the teacher, introduced them and, you know, exited and headed off to finish up whatever I was working on. Probably like 20 minutes later, the teacher comes down and just blasts me and is like, how could you leave that parent? You know, they were all mad. And, you know, that was kind of a moment where it stung, you know, because I, I realized, oh, okay, I, I really screwed up here you know, I reflected on that and learned that, you know, I'm there to support my teachers. That was a moment where I went, okay, I'm never going to set up a parent and uh, teacher situation again without being uh, a facilitator and, and being somebody there to kind of support that conversation so that it can be productive. So I, I guess those kinds of, of moments come up over our career that we go, oh, okay, I got to figure out how to do this differently. That, that did not go well at all. And in your experience as a counselor, which leadership skills were the most difficult to develop? Right now, we're teaching our kids basically eight character traits, you know, at Enterprise. So, you know, we're focusing on things like 
selflessness and honesty and forgiveness and kindness and commitment, empathy. And I think all of those are hard. I think we all struggle with all those every day. As soon as you feel like you've mastered them, more power to you. So I think think they're all difficult for different reasons at different times. I, I know one thing that was particularly difficult for me was, you know, how to give feedback, you know, especially to peers and, and other adults. I think it's easier sometimes with students, but that's been a journey for me. You know, how do I continue to maintain a, a positive relationship and also uh, be real honest and open and transparent with how I think things could go? What was one of your largest misconceptions in leadership? What I would say as far as misconceptions in general, I felt like leadership was something you were born with. So you either got that gene or you didn't. I think understanding that we all are leaders and that we all are need to take an active role in working at it and getting better at it every day, that was a, kind of a big misconception. I think as far as misconceptions about counseling, kind of like what I spoke about earlier, I think you know, knowing that we're not just there for the students, we're there for everybody, figuring out ways to be supportive of the entire, you know, school. And as a leader, what is one area you would like to change in education? Oh, man, there's, there's quite a few. I, in a classroom setting, we talk about classroom management. And I would really like to reshape that phrase to classroom leader. I think you manage things. I think you lead people. And um, you know, that, that goes in the counseling office, that goes in the principal's office, that goes in the library and, and certainly the classroom. So I, I really have definitely in the last, I would say, five years taken a, a real ownership in our school of trying to foster leaders. At, and that's peers, but also students. How do we get students um, empowered for their own education and to create a, a better space for the school? And what are some characteristics that you believe every leader should possess in a similar role? One of the biggest things for a counselor is empathy. I think, um, you know, really understanding and being able to listen at different levels and connect, you know, hear people in a deep way. And, And that means really being open. It means being present. It means, you know, people talk in terms a lot of times of, you know, oh, I have an open door, open door policy. But open door means not just that, you know, the door is physically open, but that you are open to both feedback and criticism and, and you know, ideas and, and all that, as well as, hey, I know you're in the middle of something right now, Hans, but I need your help on this. I think part of being open is, is, is knowing, you know, when those moments are that you do have to drop everything and, and uh, jump in and serve and help and support. And you've mentioned a couple times in regards to feedback and criticism, when you do receive criticism, how did you work through that? I think it's, it's understanding that, you know, people generally have good intentions. And so, you know, knowing that they want to do great work, just like I want to do great work. And it doesn't matter if they're a student at the school or another peer, or maybe they're a parent, you know, and they're just wanting what's best for their child. So I think if we assume good intentions, then that kind of gives us a framework to look at criticism as, as uh, you know, something that's going to benefit us and, and we can grow from. And I know that you do a lot of fun things on your campus. What is one initiative you've implemented on your campus that you're extremely proud of? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's several in the last couple of years that, that we've really um, 
have been super amazing. So we started a character strong program um, that I had a big role in at our school when we rolled it out. It's like a social emotional learning character ed type thing. We do that in advisory every Friday. So every kid in our school gets real hands-on experiential learning that's geared towards kindness, service, empathy. It's all rooted in a servant leadership model and it's phenomenal. So I've had a big big part in that. Um, we started something called PBS Rewards, which is um, like a virtual token economy. Um, and uh, so we reward students for some of the same character traits that we're teaching them. Um, and so, you know, that's been a really cool thing. We, we had a PBS program for years, but it felt very stagnant. And so when we kind of shifted into the, the digital space, um, that really just kind of brought a, a fresh aspect, I guess, to kind of what we were doing, rewarding students. And, and so I had a big part in that. And I think, you know, most recently this year, I've started with my wife, um, a student-led podcast that's uh, leadership focused. You know, we're talking about things like character and culture, things that impact our community. And that's been super, you know, amazing to be a part of. You know, we talked earlier about how do we um, encourage and empower student leaders? And I think for me this year, that's been a really big thing that I'm proud of. And I want to talk about your creation. Can you just take a moment and share about the award-winning culture podcast and what it's all about? Yeah. So, you know, we started about a year ago. Uh, we were at a service leadership conference. We were sitting there, there's probably 5,000 students uh, and educators in this arena. And we're just kind of um, watching all these uh, inspiring people. And they're talking about, you know, character and excellence and community and, and all kinds of things over a probably eight hour span. And, you know, we're listening to authors and speakers and athletes and celebrities. And we're sitting there maybe two thirds of the way through. And my wife sitting next to me, we're, we're with a group of students that we brought. And we're listening to a 95 year old Holocaust survivor. She's up on stage and she's in a wheelchair and you can literally hear a pin drop, Josh. It was just dead silent. And it's kind of this epic moment. And you look around and you see like educators in tears and, and students kind of sitting forward, like listening to this lady. And I kind of lean over to my wife and I kind of whispered to her, I was like, we've got to do this. And she kind of gave me a funny look like, well, what are you talking about? And I was like, we've got to do something like this. And so at the next break, that's where the idea really started is how do we surround our kids with people like this, with, with, with leaders, with folks that have these memorable and impactful stories to share. And the reality is that day we took a handful of students. It was a four hour drive and we had another 750 students back home that weren't experiencing this. And so as we started to build the idea out, it was like, okay, if we do this right, we can make it so that everyone can experience these conversations. Everyone can be a part of the learning. And the more we started kind of talking it through and, and developing it, started, you know, sitting down with some of the students going, okay, what's this going to look like? How are we going to do this? It became, well, maybe just not our community would be interested in this. Maybe this is something that, you know, other communities or other schools or other you know, educators and students might find interesting. It took about six months between that point and the fall where we kind of learned podcasting. 
because we didn't know anything at all about podcasting. And so in August we rolled out and there wasn't this big, uh, you know, teaching kind of moment. We just sort of jumped in, embraced risk-taking, which, you know, speaking of leadership, man, that's, that is like huge, huge part about uh, leadership is, you know, how do you foster uh, that type of environment? And so we've just had a blast. It's been an amazing ride. Oh, yeah. I think that would be an amazing experience for the students. And I know <laughs> as an administrator, I'm always looking for ways to increase student voice. So I'm just curious, what's kind of been the outcome with these students who have been participating in the podcast? Uh, it's been so impactful. Um, we've got about 12 students right now that are involved with it. And so a couple of those students, I think two of those students will go off to high school next year. Everybody else will stay. And then this spring, we're actually onboarding another group of sixth graders um, that will be seventh graders next year. And so our, our goal is to get to about 20 students that are involved with it. It's been life-changing for them. There's really nothing else out there like it. Like I hear people talk about uh, student podcasts and it's very classroom specific. These kids are connecting with people all over the country, in fact, all over the world at this point. And we've already started in our district talking about what's the next step, you know, district wide for this, because these students are so like, they love this. It's become who they are. So the idea of sending them off to high school at this point and not having some sort of platform like this, that's just not going to work. <laughs> it's just not going to fly. Like they need this at this point. So, you know, I've had students that have given up their Sunday afternoon over Christmas break to come in and record an interview because, you know, that's when, that's when the person could do the interview. We've gotten up at, you know, 630 in the morning and done um, a Skype presentation with curriculum directors from across the country. We've had multiple people reach out that want to publish their work and, you know, want to include their story in upcoming book projects and things like that. You know, we have kids that are blogging about their experience. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's just been amazing. And I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier in regards to social emotional learning. I know that character strong program that you have on your campus is um, a pretty wide initiative that you've constructed. We just kind of talk through that just a little bit more for those who don't even know about social emotional learning and what the character strong program is. Yeah. So character strong is, um, it's really different than anything else. We used to have a different program, um, before, and it was very much talking at students and I would describe it as an anti-bullying type program. Uh, there was certainly social emotional pieces to it, but we had come to a point where we knew it was time to make a change. And so it took us a couple years, um, if I'm being real, to find the right program. And so when we came across Character Strong, it was different than anything else we saw. Number one, it really focused on, you know, experiential learning, which was, you know, more like getting students up, moving around. So rather than role plays and fake scenarios and things like that, it actually put students in a position to practice kindness in the real world, put students in the opportunity to go take what they had learned in an advisory lesson and put it into action, you know, later that day over the weekend, and then come back and reflect on the experience. You know, the whole concept of character strong is that character is like a muscle. And so it's something that we can build like bodybuilding or going to the gym or whatever else. 
And so I, I think it, it's been a completely different way of looking at social emotional. The beauty of it is it kind of pairs social emotional and character ed. And character, if you think about it, really gives social emotional education its why. So it kind of gets beneath those skills and supports those skills. And, you know, anytime that we're to start talking about purpose and um, meaning, I think with our students is huge because, you know, it can't just be another thing to them. If they don't see the reason and the rationale behind it, then they can't get excited about it. And so what we've found is that the students get have, have become passionate about it. And so it's, I think it's easy for our staff to get on board with uh, how it's impacted. I credit, you know, Character Strong and even PBS Rewards that I mentioned earlier as being really monumental changes in our school. And that's gone on, you know, to us winning some awards. We won the ASCD Whole Child Award for School Culture. We won the Global Kindness uh, Class Act Award, you know, for our school culture. We were a PBS Film Festival finalist. And we actually took the top prize in the community staff piece of that. So, you know, over the last couple of years, we've started kind of getting all this recognition and attention. And so when you think about the podcast that we were talking about earlier, that's where that really that title award winning culture, that's where that, you know, came from. Now, the interesting thing about it now is what we've realized is it's not about the award so much is it's just, you know, the daily intentional work. You know, because the new student that shows up next week at Enterprise doesn't care that we just won some award, you know, that we're supposed to be this great school for school culture. They only care about their experience. And so their experience has to be magic, right? Yeah. And so in addition to your position, you're on different podcasts, you blog, and you're very active on social media. How did you find your voice beyond your district? I, I think it started with blogging. Um, I got asked by uh, both PBS Rewards and Character Strong to start writing um, and, and doing some blogging for them and telling some stories, you know, of, of what was happening at our school. And um, that ended up being pretty successful. Um, and they got a lot of traction as far as, you know, I, I think people relate to stories and, and, and individual things that are happening in a school. And so I think that's kind of where that voice kind of developed. And then um, I decided to create my own blog and, and focus on school culture. And, um, you know, I, I, my wife joined in on that. So now we're both kind of, you know, heavily involved with that. She's a leadership teacher. So she's very entrenched in, you know, all of these programs as well. So we can definitely team up on a lot of things. So, um yeah, I think the blogging really led to me finding that voice. And so for those starting their leadership journey, what advice do you have for them? I think it starts with working on yourself. I think you have to be willing to do the work. And what I mean by work is the character work um, to really improve you. Um, and so, you know, I think it's easy. I don't know. I feel like in education, sometimes it's easy to point the finger at other things, right? If, if, if this was different, if he was different, if she was different, I think it's, it, we've got to look in the mirror and we've got to go, um, what can I do today, tomorrow to make the school a better place? And, you know, so one of our overarching questions at, at enterprise is what we do for others today. And, um, you know, that's, that's become 
that started off as a theme and it's really become our brand. You know, it, 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 it's become who we are. And I think when you as an individual ask yourself that question every single day, leadership just finds you. And so in closing, what is the most enjoyable aspect of leadership? Serving others. Uh, I think, you know, anytime that you can support people and, you know, empower them uh, to find their own joy, to, to develop, you know, their own why and, you know, their own mission, uh, that's, that's what the good stuff is. So anytime we can serve, I think that's what leadership is about. And Hans, how can our listeners connect with you on social media? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. Uh, that's probably the best place to get me. Um, it's Hans Apple 94 So it's H-A-N-S-A-P-P-E-L-094. Our website is awardwinningculture.com. Um, that's where all of our podcasts and blogs and everything are. And there, our, our podcast is available pretty much on every platform. We're also on Instagram uh, for award-winning culture. And then we have uh, an EMS leadership uh, Instagram and an EMS counseling uh, Instagram as well. So lots of fun places that uh, we're trying to share our school story. Please continue to check out the Aspire podcast. And if you've gotten any value from the show at all, please subscribe and leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. Don't forget to use the Aspire League hashtag as you continue the conversation on social media. Hans, thanks so much for being on the program. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Josh.